All Things Conceivable, a surrogacy podcast with Nazca Fontes. Listeners, welcome and thank you for joining me on this latest episode of All Things Conceivable, a surrogacy podcast. Since I started Conceivabilities 25 years ago, there have been an awful lot of advances made in third-party reproduction and, and surrogacy in particular. More and more people are turning to surrogacy to build their families. And today on the on the show, we have a very important guest to join us to talk about the high success rate associated with surrogacy. Atlanta Reproductive Endocrinology and Infertility Specialist, Dr. Ashley Teagues with the Atlanta Center for Reproductive Medicine is here with us today. Dr. Teagues, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Dr. Teagues, what's remarkable about you is that you, know, you have been very open about your infertility. And if, you know, being so open, I hope you, know, you would share with our audience a little bit about your story and your own fertility journey. Um, sure. Um, my husband and I met when we were in medical school. So I just started medical school. Um, he was two years ahead of me. Um, he was very open with me pretty immediately that he um, had Hodgkin's lymphoma as a teenager and he had alkylating chemotherapy. So this is a, a pretty severe type of chemotherapy, which is what's called gonadotoxic, which basically kills sperm and, and eggs if, if you're a female. Um, so at the time, freezing sperm was offered to him when he was 16, but unfortunately his family declined. It was pretty costly, or, or they imagined it was pretty costly. So um, he basically didn't think that you know, he could have kids, or he was pretty unsure about his ability to have kids. And um, since I was just starting medical school, obviously I didn't care about you know th that that aspect of the relationship yet. But I started my OBGYN rotation and. I learned about the subspecialty of reproductive endocrinology and infertility, and I found it so fascinating. I mean, I thought, like, this is really the, the coolest part of medicine. It is, it, the technology is advancing so rapidly. It's a really new field of medicine, and almost like every year, new advances were, were being made and, and advancing the field so, so much, really propelling the field all the time. And I really felt like I was just made to be, you know, a doctor in that in this field. And so it's it's how I found this field of medicine. You know, I, I, from then on, I knew that 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 this was the only thing I wanted to do. Um, we knew that we we waited to attempt to start a family until my last year of residency. So um, at that point, we'd been um, together for a long time and and had been married for four years. His first semen analysis, we decided to wait till then to get a semen analysis. We didn't really want to know, you know, ignorance is bliss. And um, the first one showed zero sperm, and we were really devastated. I mean, like, I mean, I was. I think he was okay. He was expecting it, um, and that's just how he is. He's He has a really level head about everything, um, and, of course, I, I need someone like that. Uh, but he and I was really devastated, and... So we repeated the semen analysis. I, I knew what to do. The first thing to do is repeat one. And it showed two sperm in the whole semen analysis. And keep in mind, my infertility patients listening to this know that normal semen analysis will show tens of millions of sperm. Mm -hmm. So it had two. Right, right. Um, and so I knew there was hope. And I knew that, they, that we could do ARD and U6C, which is intracytoplasm sperm injection. So I knew there was some hope for us to have our own biologic child, which 
you know, we had, we had thought about using donor sperm, which is always an option for, for couples who, when there's no sperm. Um, but he had what's called a microtessy, um, where they basically do a procedure and open the, the testes and, and find sperm. Um, and we had our first child that way with IVF. And, um, you know, with, with that cycle, the fertilization was really poor. The embryo development rate was really poor. Um, but we had, you know, our daughter and we thought, you know, that might be it. We're really lucky. We had our miracle. Um, but then I think as a lot of parents, you know, start thinking, you know, when I was a fellow, I decided, you know, there was sperm and, you know, we could try again and we won't know until we try. And, um, you kind of know you're setting yourself up for probably some heartbreak and, and disappointments. Um, but, you know, perseverance is, is really the biggest key in this and in infertility, like just being persistent, you know, the number one reason. Mm -hmm you know, intended parents, parents, uh, people want to be parents, um, don't end up, you know, developing, building their family is because they'll end up, you know, stopping because it's really hard. It is really hard, but you know, there are like, you know, we were talking about gestational carriers. That's something that often people will find at the end, you know, once they've done lots of other things and they've been persistent and it, and so, um, you have to find the treatment that's that's essentially right for you. So our persistent story is that, you know, I then did three more IVF cycles um, really to bank embryos because the fertilization was always poor, the embryo development rate was always poor, and the embryos were kind of borderline to poor quality. So um, we, we have two kids. Um, they're I think they're perfect. I'm biased. But, um, yeah, we, I mean, we have our, our own story. You kind of... Obviously, once it's in the rearview window, it, it wasn't a big deal anymore. But um, I certainly remember how tough it was, and it, it's it's really the hardest thing when you're going through it. Well, it's a remarkable story, and congratulations on your beautiful family. Uh, perseverance absolutely pays off, and I and I will say, and I'd love you know just a little bit of perspective on this that you know when someone has a personal fertility journey like you. Um, you know, the ability to connect more deeply with a patient and the way you care for a patient, um, you know, is just enriched, right? Everyone going through infertility has, you know, it, it's nice to talk to other people and feel, and I, and I found that every time I do share, I've done an IVF cycle four times, it usually does, I think, provide them some comfort. Well, I definitely think that you're an example of uh, sometimes all it takes is one. We've used that perspective a lot in our agency, whether it's mm -hmm. one egg, one surrogate, one sperm, uh, you know, one try at the back. Absolutely. And sometimes yeah. all it takes is one. So don't give up. That's right. Absolutely. When you're working with your patients, when and why do you sit down and suggest uh, surrogacy as a viable option for your patients? Yes, that's a, that's a great question. Um, when couples have good quality embryos, so again, we're kind of taking that part out of the equation as an issue with, with um, conception failure. Um, if they have good quality embryos, we've screened them for their chromosome number, and so this is screening for chromosomal abnormalities of the embryos. 
and a couple has had repeated failures on their own and sometimes there's no identifiable um, reason and the embryos are good quality. Um, sometimes there is an identifiable reason, perhaps adhesions in, in um, the intended parent's uterus, etc. There could be several reasons. Um, and so this would be when we would recommend a gestational carrier for a couple's um, repeated history of em embryo transfer failures in the setting of good quality embryos um, because we feel that the embryo factor there is is controlled for. Alternatively, other reasons why you might, we may recommend a gestational carrier would be women where pregnancy is contraindicated. So they have a medical history where pregnancy would be too dangerous to them or to the um, potential baby. Um, women who have had a really poor obstetric history. So, so really um, kind of um, unfortunate things that happen repeatedly, sometimes very traumatic and we we've agree that it would not be prudent to put them through another pregnancy. Um, so these are times when gestational carriers are used for what we would call infertility or medical indications. And then, of course, we'll use gestational carriers for, for unpartnered individuals and same-sex couples that do not have any fertility factors. So you have the conversation with them about surrogacy. What's the initial perception or reaction that you get about surrogacy? It's not always greeted with you know open arms. No one thinks about their um, pregnancy journey and their journey to build a family as including perhaps a third person outside of their the immediate couple. Um, it it takes a little bit of time for couples to to wrap their head around it, um, and that's okay. And and we understand that. Um, the good news is that it's, it can be highly successful and it, it typically is extremely successful. So for those struggling with infertility, certainly um, when we correct for some of the variables and, and we look at the, the trajectory of their treatment and after a lot of setbacks, disappointments and transfer failures, once a couple uh, in concert with their physician pivots and considers surrogacy, the partnership with a surrogate, a uniquely good answer for couples who have been down a road of previous failures. This is a new treatment, and so it gives couples hope. It gives them immense hope that this is this is the solution, and that's what we all want is a solution to infertility. Let's talk a little bit about the medical advances in surrogacy. Careful selection of the gestational carriers has has made it a really successful treatment for sure. Intended parents can feel very comfortable knowing that we have very strict criteria um, for who can become a gestational carrier. So carefully selecting the, the gestational carriers, looking at their OB history, their obstetric history, um, psychologic and medical evaluation, screening of the gestational carriers. Um, additionally, we really recommend single embryo transfer to gestational carriers. I say that the medical advances or the technological advances would really be pre-implantation genetic testing for aneuploidy, allowing for that single embryo transfer. And that helps the surrogate or the gestational carrier have a safe pregnancy. Please share with our listeners why you believe it's so important that a surrogate not only have a healthy uterus, but a, a proven obstetrical history of being able to carry healthy, uncomplicated pregnancies to term. Obstetric histories tend to repeat themselves. We, we often see that. So we really don't know what someone's 
you know, obstetric history or, or um, pregnancy is going to be like until they have one. So at least one pregnancy that is healthy um, is a really good indication that another one will be healthy as well. I think it's kind of that double, um, that's a two-pronged approach to what makes a good gestational carrier, both the, the yeah. health, uh, the psychological health and the physical health. All the gestational carriers I've ever met, they really desire to make a major difference in people's lives. They enjoy pregnancy, so there's that emotional and, and social aspect of it. But, you know, as a, a couple, an intended parents and a gestational carrier's physician, my goal is primarily to make sure it's a safe pregnancy. You know, having been at the helm of conceivabilities for 25 years, you know, we've seen uh, an incredible um, number of advancements in this field over time. We have now seen physicians moving at a faster clip towards considering the use of a surrogate for an infertility patient. Yeah, I think it's multifaceted. The technologic advances in our field where we've got the embryo and the uterus, and if there's a failure, which one is it? We've got, we have more advanced embryo diagnostics. We've solidified the connections between um, the infertility clinics and the, the gestational carrier agencies, and we have more access to, to gestational carriers. It's only become more and more widespread and more common, and people see it as more socially acceptable when we've got, um, you know, celebrities ex sharing their experience, et cetera, on, on social media, and it's becoming publicized. So it's becoming more accessible as well, and so that makes it an easier option to offer to patients. Indeed, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Accessible, normalized, that's a term I use quite frequently, right? Surrogacy has become normalized. Uh, we all know a celebrity or, um, you know, whether it's, you know, a once removed neighbor or family friend who has embarked on a journey. So definitely it's part of our everyday conversation these days, but certainly you, you probably still encounter some myths when speaking to patients. Can you talk a little bit about some of the surrogacy myths that you encounter in your conversations? The most common one I encounter that perhaps this uh, surrogate um, is a traditional surrogate and that they would donate eggs and carry a pregnancy, um, which is, is not really considered legal in, in most places. So it's not what we are talking about today. Also things that like timeline, you know, how long it's going to take, the cost of it. These are things that are often um, misconstrued and so uh, we can certainly offer patients a lot of information and, and help give them the right information about those things. I always like to fashion myself oftentimes as a myth buster when it comes to surrogacy. Let's pivot a little bit and talk about the advancements in care of the surrogate. Uh, in particular I'm talking about the fourth trimester support for the healing and uh, rebounding after a woman who is a gestational carrier gives birth. It's really a concrete way that we can care for the surrogate and her family and reciprocate her generosity. So from, from your perspective as having been trained in OBGYN, what's your perspective on that fourth trimester care? Um, absolutely, extremely important is probably the most important trimester we we often say your body is healing and, and it really it, it really is a full 12 weeks of healing and it's it's very important for the body to regain its nutrients and and emotionally i mean not just the physical aspect of it um 
I'm so glad that this is part of the program and that care is being made and, and attention is, is is given to the gestational carriers during this time because I, I believe this is extremely important. What's your advice to a woman who might be considering becoming a surrogate? Um, that's an interesting question. I feel like women who are <laughs> considering becoming a, a surrogate or a carrier, they they don't need any advice. These are some of the most, you know, um, caring, generous people I've ever met. And um, I would say take care of yourself. That's really the best way to take care of the baby that you're carrying and to help the intended parents. And that's really all you need to worry about, taking care of yourself. I couldn't agree more. They are remarkable women, just truly incredible, generous, giving, tough, tenacious, enduring, persevering. They're, they're really something. So for any surrogate candidate out there who's listening to this podcast, know that you're going to get um, terrific support. You're going to be in the hands of remarkable and competent uh, providers of good quality care. And you're really about to embark on something that's extraordinarily successful and really has the potential to provide, uh, you know, the dream for somebody else. Wow. You know, I always like to wrap with a little moment of, Aha, I, I get it. It all falls into place. And for today's episode, as I was listening to Dr. Teagues and, you know, um, reflecting on her personal story, it really is one of overcoming obstacles and persevering through challenges. And, you know, you heard me say it in our conversation that sometimes all it takes is one. And, uh, you know, we say that routinely to to our clients uh, in the agency embarking on a surrogacy journey. And I, I say it to, to my children, I say it to uh, my team members that, you know, you have to really try. You have to try, try, try. And there's a lot of that trying in the word triumph. So for everybody out there who's considering taking one more step or having one more go at bat, please do it because perseverance equals success. Thank you listeners. Until next time, take care. At Conceivabilities, we believe that everyone who wants to become a parent can. Our agency has helped build thousands of families for nearly 25 years. Whether you are an intended parent ready to fulfill your family destiny, a surrogate answering your calling, or an egg donor wanting to expand what's possible in your life, we are your people. See how matching matters. Learn more by joining our Surrogacy Learning Center community at surrogacylearningcenter.conceivabilities.com.